god, that's hot. Hello everyone and welcome to Anime Club After Dark's movie reviews, a spoiler-free discussion detailing the good, the bad, and the downright ridiculous of anime movies. I'm your host, Alex, but you can call me Senpai, and I'm joined tonight simply by our czar of source material, John. Hello. Alright, so this is a new thing that we're going to be doing. So in the past, we've done a lot of spoiler cast for, for series and movies that have come out, but we wanted to try something new this year with like actual reviews, and so we wanted to try doing a series of, of movie reviews. So this is going to be, unlike our spoiler cast that we do, a spoiler-free discussion and review of movies going forward, and tonight... John and I are going to be doing a spoiler-free spoiler review of No Game, No Life Zero. So, um, No Game, No Life Zero was a anime movie that came out, what was it, in 2017? Was it 20? Yeah, 2017. Was it? Um, has it been that yeah, long? It, was, it has been that long, yes. It just wow. very recently, I think, what, two months ago, maybe three months ago, ended up on Netflix, which is where you watched it. Yeah, I watched it like last week and I was just like, yeah. oh my God, this movie's so good. And then I came up <laughs> I, with this new idea of a format to do anime reviews, guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I I actually went and watched it in theaters back in 2017 when it uh, when it came out, when it was, you know, showing here in the States. Um, yeah, it, it's it's a prequel to the anime series No Game, No Life. Um and it's an adaptation of volume six of the light novel. It's an adaptation of the entire volume. Uh, like I said, it's a prequel. It takes place 6,000 years before the events of No Game, No Life, the anime series that we got in 2013, 2014. Um, and was it 2014? I don't know. Whenever No Game, No Life came out, I had to go look that up. God, I should have looked that up before we did this. Um, but yeah, it takes place 6,000 years before the events of uh, no game no life um it's done by the exact same production studio madhouse and you can certainly tell by looking at it um it's got a runtime of about an hour and 46 minutes uh which we just which we definitely know because you and i just got through rewatching it <laughs> yeah um yeah that's that's it so do we want to get into some of the technical aspects of this movie first yeah first um right. let's talk about the art of mm. the movie um fucking madhouse at their best well yeah it's so obviously it's done by madhouse so it looks just as good as the anime um no game no life but no game no life zero i think it didn't have like that many moments in it where i was like it was absolutely stunning um mm. it's not nowhere near like ufotable levels of like fate zero type of shit well that, that's a high bar <laughs> yeah that's a really hard bar um However, it looks great. Uh, I thought that how the the backgrounds that they used, how you saw the animations being done during the climax, it was done perfectly, in my opinion. Uh, mm. Yeah, it's. I wish Madhouse would be the same quality like they did for this movie all throughout their entire like animation career for other yeah. products, or, or you know, for other things they've done sequels for Overlord. <clears throat> yeah, uh, let's hope. <laughs> Let's hope over season four comes out better, mm. but uh, I'm I'm just really hopeful that because this movie was so well done and pretty well fucking received that you know we get season two for No Game No Life coming out sometime. Well, hey, we got we got uh, a second season of the Irregular Magic High School. 
Ugh, coming yeah. out this year so you know you ne- never know you never know uh both of them were had their first seasons released in the same year both are done by madhouse <laughs> both had movies that came out in, t- in 2017 i'm just saying there's a lot of stuff lining up here hopefully but coming back to the like it, the animation for example it's pretty smooth um mm. again it's it's classic madhouse yeah, I can't think of a single moment throughout the movie where there's a significant dip in any kind of animation quality. Um, I mean, it may not be like 100% all across the board, but it doesn't like immediately dip down to like 60% or something at one scene. Yeah. I just, it's pretty solid. It's pretty, it's pretty consistent throughout the entire runtime of the movie. One of the more impressive things to me about their uh, cinematography during the film was the establishing shots that you see. Uh, mm-hmm. since this is 6,000 years in the past, we get a glimpse into, like, the habitats of different races and stuff. Because, you know, this is in a time where all the races were they're very different cultures. And just seeing, like, how the, the, uh, like, the elves lived and how the dwarves lived and even how the fucking, um, god, the flugo live. It was really cool. Like, each one is so distinct. And again, Madhouse isn't extremely pretty, but it still looks really good. Like good colors, good variation. And you can definitely see like how each culture is represented in these establishing shots. When we get to see the backgrounds, it's done really well. It tells a lot more to the story. Yeah, the the cinematography itself really helps tell part of the story um, and the art as well, because like from the establishing shots you see at the very beginning of the movie, you can tell without any kind of dialogue or anything whatsoever that this this world that the story is taking place in is fucking ravaged as hell by war. Oh, yeah. This is before um, everything happens in No Game, No Life. So it's before there were rules to the whole yes, system. Yeah. It's actually a really good artistic representation of what anarchy might look like. Oh, yeah. It's really good looking. <laughs> but that's why I say, like, the, the cinematography and the art does a really good job of just establishing that up front. With, there, there's nothing that you need to be said about it. You look at it and you're like, oh, fuck, this world screwed the hell up. Yeah, and, you know, when we have seen other types of movies, like, not just anime movies, but just movies in general... When you get establishing shots of, like, during wartime, for example, or an apocalyptic world, it's usually, you know, all gray or all, like, blended together and kind of a boring thing. You definitely Mm. don't get that in No Game, No Life Zero. No. You get to see a lot more pretty colors because, you know, all the different races, they don't have the same color schemes, and it's really cool. It just looks... It's like... well, when they're in the dwarven ruins, like everything is very metallic and very shiny, and then when you see where the flugel are, everything's very colorful and bright. Yeah, it it's just again, madhouse, you killed it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also like there, there's a particular there's a particular scene toward the the climax of the film, which is essentially a fight scene. The animation that is just beautiful. Yeah. So let's move on to sound design because this is. The biggest thing I thought was the biggest boon of the entire movie series was the sound and the sound design and the scoring. Mm-hmm. And I just really needed to talk about it with someone. <laughs> um, How much the OST is literally like a fucking banger. Oh, my God. The soundtrack to No Game, No Life Zero, fucking phenomenal. They use really good songs and they use it in the right moments. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't seem out of place anywhere. Um 
God, it's just it's so good. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, oh. a, like a good example, like when when they're having the big fight during the climax of the movie, like it's very the the sound uh, the the score in the background is very bombastic, lots of percussion and everything. Like you actually feel with the music that there's actually yeah. shit at stake here. Yeah, they, so you know, to me, I love sound. I'm a little bit of an audiophile, just a tiny bit, and I love sound design. Uh, I love watching mm-hmm. things that have great sound design, and that's one thing that this movie really fucking excels at. It yeah. has great sound design. It knows when to use it. It knows what type of music to set the mood, and it never feels, like, out of place. Like, the entire yeah. pacing of the movie can be tied to the OST. It's kind of crazy. And yeah. I, it's like, I like to say, like, one of the things I appreciate the most is when you could listen to the score or the OST of an anime series or any any like movie or TV show in particular. And um, you could just listen to the music. No, no, nothing visual about it. And you could kind of get a sense of the story just with the music alone. That's what this OST does. Yeah. And I, I honestly wish I looked up who did the scoring and the, the music, but you know, I'm not prepared for this. Give me just a moment. I can look that up for you. Uh, you can go, <laughs> go right on. ahead. But yeah, the scoring is just excellent. Like whoever decided to do this, they did a phenomenal job of choosing the correct scores for the correct scenes. And it's just, it makes for a great experience. Uh, the the composer for the score of No Game No Life Zero is Yoshiaki Fujisawa. Um, also did the scoring for Gate, Dimension W, Isekai Chi Magician. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh god, what else has he done? Um, it also did the music for um, uh, A Place Further Than the Universe, which is a series which has some fucking great music in it as well. Yeah, so I've only seen Gate, Cheat Magician, mm. and Gate was alright. Um, sound design. Oh, he also wise, he also but... he also wrote and composed the songs in Love Live. If that means anything to you, it means nothing to me. But <laughs> we're not talking about that. We're talking about No Game No Life Zero, in yeah. which sound phenomenal job oh. this guy the composer did. And what what's amazing is like as great as the the bombastic and really exciting stuff is like in the in the quiet moments in the soft moments like when you have that like the piano come in and do like the really soft melodies like oh, it just yeah. it fits so goddamn well. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Like music is a very powerful tool in any type of medium, and even just because you're watching something and it's a visual medium doesn't mean audio needs to take a backseat. Like I, I wish other studios would realize this as well. Like, it doesn't matter how pretty your show looks. It still needs to sound good. <laughs> like, yes. It's yes. a very big part of the immersive experience. And I've got to, like, if we're talking about sound design and the scoring alone, like, 10 out of 10 from me. No lie. Yeah. Like, oh, I, I completely agree. I will say, um, kind of moving on from this, one thing I thought that was really... <sighs> I hate to use the word unique, but certainly interesting about this is that while this is a story that takes place 6,000 years before the events of the series, they actually bring back almost all of the voice actors from the series to play different roles. And I thought that was an interesting, that was a very interesting choice they made, I think. I'm pretty sure, I I think it was eight. There's only eight voiced uh, characters in the movie, so it's very little. Um, but I mean, it's an animated movie, you know, so I didn't get away with that. (laughs) Yeah. You can really get away with using little, uh, voice acting or a lot. Yeah. But they, like they, they brought back the voice actor for Sora and Shiro and Stefanie Dola. 
Yeah. But I, I did think it was really cool that they repurposed the voice actors and like even though it's kind of like um it seems almost like the stuff that happens in the past and then it's a parallel like with uh Sora and Shiro, it, it's like a parallel universe yeah. or something where the fates and the stars aligned. I guess they technically did come from a different world, so it is kind of an alternate universe. Yeah. But like the fates aligned and they got together. And it, it it's really crazy how this story from 6,000 years ago ties in to the main storyline and then it fucks with whole, it, and everything kind of just like falls into place. It's crazy. Like it's, yeah. this is an excellent fucking volume of the light novel. Uh, this, <laughs> it is an, is. this is an excellent movie. Like if I didn't know anything about no game, no life. And I came into the series without knowing anything. I, I would have just thought this movie was a fucking banger. Like, holy shit. I want to see more. And it's even yeah, I, more so when you know what happens. Yeah. I guess that's a good lead into something else we can talk about. Like, just the actual narrative quality and pacing of this. Like, obviously, it's a movie, so the pacing is going to be different than a series. Yeah. You kind of have to expect that going in. But I'm, I'm curious, from your perspective, because you haven't read the light novels, right? No, I have not. So, what did you actually think of the pacing of this compared to, like, its series, No Game, No Life? So... If we look at it from a three-act structure, this is something I did want to talk about because one of my very few gripes with this movie was kind of the uh, the pacing and the structure. And what I mean by that is that, you know, we've got the, um, what's the first act? The first act of the structure. Uh, the, the, the inciting incident, which is the main character. Yeah. So in the introduction or the, the exposition phase, the first act of a three-act structure I thought it was done perfectly. I loved it. Like how the main characters meet, how they have this conflict and you get to see a little bit of background into the main character, Riku. And it's just done well. Like I I knew nothing about these characters, but I cared because I was like, this is interesting. This is, it's crazy. It's a crazy world. Yeah, it is amazing because, like you say, you go into this knowing nothing about the characters. I mean, you might realize that they're voiced by the same voice actors who might have done uh, Sora and Zero in No Game No Life if you came into it from watching No Game No Life. Yeah. But the the story itself and the way it's paced does a really good job of making you care pretty much immediately about these two main characters. Yeah, and in, in classic No Game No Life um, like style, I guess, there is like it starts off with the drama and the high stakes, but then it also has like the moments of comedy, and it's like what, what the fuck? Just like when when the first two main characters meet, it's hilarious, and I love it. I'm just like, oh, that's classic. No game, no life. But mm-hmm. even if I didn't know about no game, no life, I, it's still a funny incident. Like I'd be like, oh, that's that's fucking what? Like that's weird. And now I'm still <laughs> interested in the weird thing that just happened. Like what? Where is this going? Like I'm curious yeah. to find more. I also like how I like how the story also peppers in from time to time callbacks and references to the series. That was something I noticed on our second, you know, the watch through we just did before this recording. That's yeah. something I did realize, and I didn't realize it when I first watched it because when I first watched it, I was kind of just, kind of just enjoying all of it. You know, I wasn't trying to nitpick it or anything like that. But yeah, I, I noticed that, and I remember making that comment and. Like there's like a couple of callbacks. Um, I honestly can't remember more than three, but yeah, it's cool that you know, like, haha, like oh, this is part of no yeah. game, no life. 
I mean, most of these callbacks are kind of spoilery, so yeah, I'm <laughs> especially not... the the like the last couple because they take place toward the end. <laughs> yeah. So again, just to reiterate, Act One, fucking great. I loved it. Um, Act Two, I thought it was okay too. You know, where they're just going along and they're ramping up towards uh, Act Three slash the climax. I thought it went pretty well. My main problem with the structure of all this was the ending. Uh, the mm. resolution and the climax. Uh, d- don't get me wrong. The climax of the film, fucking beautiful. Beautifully animated. Great sound design. Great scoring. It, it Phenomenal voice acting. Like, it's yeah. so good. And it's a very it's a very moving scene. Very moving, like, climax. And I loved it. But then it kind of wraps. It stumbles itself from the climax into the resolution pretty fucking quickly. And it just feels a little bit rushed to me, you know? Uh, I I really didn't like that. I would have liked it a little bit more if we had more time to process like what happens, like you know the when it happens right before the climax, what happens there. Like I'd like a little bit more time to process all of that stuff. It felt rushed, you know. Yeah, I I did I did kind of want to mention this because as someone who's read the light novel, one thing this movie doesn't necessarily do a great job of is um, expressing to the audience exactly how much time passes within the the story in the light novel it's made pretty explicitly clear that the the events of the volume take place over the course of roughly a year like three quarters to a year three quarters of a year to a year in if you just watch the movie you might get the sense that a lot of this takes place within a few days (laughs) yeah like that's one thing again that's what i'm talking about you know that pacing and that structure it it works pretty well by itself. You don't really understand it in Act One or Two, where you know they're expositing and you kind of get it, like that there's a passage of time. You're not certain how long of a time it is, but then when we reach towards the climax, you it gets all jumbled up and you're just like, this is kind of confusing. Like, yeah. uh, like what's happening? What it do, it does feel that way. And like we, we talked about this this movie is an hour and 46 minutes long. So that's roughly 7 episodes worth of anime. I wonder if they had made this like a 10 or 11 episode anime series, do you think it would have made for a better resolution? I think so because it just felt so rushed to me, especially you know, I get it. This is a movie. It has time constraints and it does have my the most dreaded thing that I have in anime, the fucking montage. I hated it. <laughs> like, the stuff that happens, like, you know, he's giving a heroic speech, and then, you know, there's the montage happening in the background, and I'm just like, fuck, I hate montages. <laughs> like, why? Why didn't you just make this two and a half hours long, damn it? <laughs> to, to, to be fair, the speech he gives is pretty good, though. Oh, no, it's a great speech, but, like, it, this is something movies do a lot, and it's a big gripe I have about from movies. Like, here's your yeah, montage. It's- it, it's not it's not explicitly a problem with this movie. This happens in a lot of anime movies. Yeah. Especially anime movies that are sequels, or in this case, a prequel to an existing series. Yeah, and, you know, I, I, I can say that six or seven episodes worth of runtime is pretty long for a volume, right? Most volumes yeah. get translated as, like, three or four episodes, so this has had plenty of time to do it. But obviously, Overlord, then it's all over the fucking place. And then some episodes are like, or some volumes are six episodes and other volumes are like three. So it just shit like that happens. Right. I get it. I just that was 
the other part of my big gripe with the whole structure of mm-hmm. how this all ended. Yeah. I do like, like, one of the things I like about the ending itself is sort of like the, um, I guess you would call it like the epilogue, uh-huh. um, which I'm not really going to give it away, but it's a really good, it's a really good wrap up. Like, it's trying to put a bow on the whole thing and link it back to the series, which I thought was a really good idea. Yeah, I thought, so another thing about the narrative quality is that there wasn't any time until we got to near the end, near the climax, where I thought there was too much information. Um, mm-hmm. It was sparsed out pretty well. We knew enough to get through the series. We knew enough to be interested. And it didn't really feel empty or anything or rushed until the end, <laughs> and until the climax. But to be fair, it ends in the epilogue stage, so it had a little bit of more. I love epilogues. Don't like. I love it. I like to know what happens after happily ever after, after. the end. <laughs> Yeah, like, once you get happily ever after, what happens after? I care about that shit. (laughs) So it was great that we got to see that. That was really good. It's just, again, as much as I liked the climax, I hated it. It was rushed. I wanted a little bit more substance. Just a little bit more. Like, give me... Yeah, it could have been stretched out a little more. I mean, this could have easily been, like, a two-hour-long movie, and I think it would have benefited from that. Yeah. Like, having an extra 15 minutes to kind of... To not... Not so haphazardly put all that together all the exposition that you're trying to put together during the resolution the way you did it yeah i think if it had just had an extra 15 minutes they could have really exposited on that a lot more yeah so those are my big issues (laughs) yeah uh so as a prequel because that's exactly what this is do you think it actually serves its purpose as a prequel i thought it did fucking fantastic as a prequel like i do too In No Game, No Life, the anime series, like, you know, we learn about that in the past, before we had these rules, everyone was just fucking murdering each other, right? And Mm -hmm. this prequel, you know, is it's in that day and age, like, literally before the rules were made, and how each of the races interacted. It's fucking nuts. Like, Mm -hmm. this is a great prequel. We learned so much. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that a good prequel should do is not... Uh, introduce new information you didn't already know and is never talked about again further along. Yeah. And it, th- that this movie does that perfectly. Yeah, like, I do have some questions, but they're not really any more... They weren't questions that I didn't have before. Like, the, the prequel, the movie doesn't answer that many questions. It just shows you a blip in the past. Like, this is what happened yeah. during the Great War. And that's yeah. all you get to see. But it's enough to, like, reconfirm, like, wow, that was really shitty. Like, this world really fucking sucked before it decided, you know what? Fuck it. We're not going to be having war and killing anymore. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, as a fan of No Game, No Life, you watch the original series, like, this might be a cool world to live in. You watch No Game, No Life Zero, and you're like, no, mm-mm. Yeah. Fucking fuck, I, fuck all that noise. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. I, to wrap this up, I'll ask you, um, since I know you've watched No Game, No Life, quality-wise, how do you think the movie overall compares to the anime series? And would you actually recommend the movie that someone watch this movie first if they haven't seen the anime series? So quality-wise, I think the movie, it holds up. It's just as good, if not better, than the anime. Um, the anime suffers from the fact that it doesn't have a lot of action scenes. Uh, the movie has one giant action scene the climax and it's done really well 
even though it's like it lasts for only a couple of minutes, it's a pretty damn good climax. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the anime doesn't have a lot of that, so it obviously doesn't look animated as well. But the like action, air quote action sequences that happen in the anime, they're more about like psychological things that happen. You know, there's there, it's not actually yeah. like throwing fists and shit. No, so, it's 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 Sora playing chess and like thinking I'm gonna beat this fucker. Yeah, and then like fucking playing the uh Doki Doki Heart whatever video game. Yeah. Whatever. Or when he hell. plays poker. Yeah. He's so, like got a royal flush. Yeah, there's not a lot of action in the anime compared to the the movie. However, mm-hmm. it still serves the same essence of like it still has the same good sound design. I love that yeah. about both series. I would definitely yeah. recommend that if you like the movie definitely check out the fucking anime like you yeah just so that way you know you get hyped and hopefully we get more people on board and we get a season two at some point in 2035 <laughs> at some time some point in time hopefully. yeah i think it's it's it definitely serves its purpose as a prequel i think yeah you could probably watch this as someone who hasn't watched no game no life um, and kind of understand what's going on. I definitely think, though, the movie is made for people who have already watched No Game, No Life because of the callbacks. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, but, yeah, I think you could definitely get a, a sense of if you would like the anime series by watching this. Because like, if you if you watch this and you like it, definitely, like you say, check out No Game, No Life. Um, but if, if you are a fan of No Game, No Life and you haven't seen this movie yet, I definitely recommend it. Oh, yeah. Like, I didn't even... so. I, I was searching on Netflix for a completely different series to watch, an anime thing. And it just was like, we don't have that. But we do have No Game, No Life Zero. And I was like, oh, shit. I've never seen that. I heard it was good. I checked it out. Was not disappointed. <laughs> All right. So out of 10, what numerical score would you give No Game, No Life Zero? Honestly, I wish I could say a 10 out of 10, but I'm kind of a hard ass. And <laughs> I would give it a 9 out of 10. But I just, I really can't get over the fact that, you know, what happens. Like, I, I got to give it an 8.5. 8.5. Yeah. I would give it an 8 out of 10, because that's what I gave it on Mal. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, like like we've said, great animation, great art, great sound design. Um, the pacing is great in the beginning and the middle, and then it kind of gets a little weak at the end. I mean, if it weren't for the fact that it has it, it has a bit of a rushed... Uh, resolution i would say maybe a nine or a ten but other than that it's a it's a thoroughly enjoyable movie to watch even if you haven't seen no game no life and if you have seen no game no life you're gonna love this anyway because it's definitely made for you yeah that's it that's that's all i can think to say about no game no life zero uh that's our first uh our first movie review our first spoiler free movie review Definitely let us know what you thought about it and if we should do more of these down below. But thank you all for dro- out there for dropping in to listen to us. We hope you enjoyed it because we always enjoy bringing stuff like this to you. If you want to check out previous episodes of the podcast, you can find us on a YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. If you want to keep up with what we're doing, you can join us on Discord, Facebook, Twitter, and our website. Shoot us an email if you have any questions or if you have ideas for topics you'd like for us to talk about in the future. Links to all these things will be down below in the description. As always, I have been your host, Alex, and I will see you next time. Say goodnight, John. Ascente! Ascente! Ascente!